This is a podcast where we play the dungeons <laughs> as well as the dragons in a fifth edition manner together. Woo! And swab le poop. <laughs> la poop. <laughs> la poop. Which is from the Latin puppus. <laughs> look it up on Wikipedia, yeah. the poop well, deck the article. Poop deck. Yeah, just look it up. Type, yeah, just go to Google and type in la poop, la poop. and see what no. comes up. I'm sure no. that it won't be bad. P-O-U-P-E. Poop. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition, edition, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons adventure, adventure <laughs> for everyone. My name is Paul, and we're here celebrating with a special edition of Make Believe Champions, the follow-up to our last episode with our old friends and new friends who will be joining us to play some Dungeons and Dragons today. I am Alan. And I play Brackle. That's Alan. I'm Felicia, and I play Meg. I am Chris, and I play Perrin. Fishbone stuck in my teeth, fallow high. <laughs> <laughs> I am Emily, and I play Clover. Doesn't eat poisonous casserole, wormwood. <laughs> Doesn't eat poisonous casserole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm Ellie, and I play Phelan. Phelan. We are excited to play some more Dungeons and & Dragons, and... Unfortunately, I do have some bad news. There won't be any more fish bones in your teeth or poisonous casserole because if you tuned in last time, you know there's been a death. This is where Alan's supposed to sing in the arms of. Oh, well, thank you for filling it in there. I'm glad in you did. the arms of a devil. Because I think that's what angels are. Oh, please, Alan, I'm begging you. Uh, but before we get into all of that and dive into the murder at sea uh, aboard our sea lady, I'm going to roll. Jump, Ludi 20. <laughs> Lucky number seven. All right, let's play some Dungeons & Dragons, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Let's go in. Last time on Make Blue Champions. Last time, our adventurers were hired by one Captain Solias Brighttree, the revered captain of the ship Our Sea Lady, or mean Geyer Heriel in Elvish. They were going to travel from Brightport to Venthaven since Brackle needed a ride because we all know Brackle needs to get to Venthaven. They were hired as protection because the seas are no longer safe. Now that the power and influence of the Crooked Father and Blackfire and the Unchained has grown in the land of Monumi, there seems to be an increase in monstrous activity, evil ne'er-do-wells, and the like. And so, a group of adventurers, Clover, Wormwood, Phelan, Silverville, Perrin, Falhide, and Brackle, Zeniltius, were hired to come and protect them. And of course, Meg, just Meg, was there on the ship, burning hair and seaweed in the, in the, in the room or whatever. They got to know the crew, spent a couple days, and they met the sweet, dear, delightful Kendall, who could not cook to save her life, which may have been said in poor taste because unfortunately she was killed. And on the third night on the ship, Kendall was murdered. The captain woke them from sleep, brought everyone together to say Kendall had been killed and that everyone aboard is a suspect. After investigating for a short time up on the top deck, the group has decided to split up. Brackle 
and Perrin will set about the ship trying to find the true location of the murder, the crime scene, if you will, while Meg, Phelan, and Clover will set about interviewing and interrogating each member of the crew until they discover who is responsible for the death of our dear Kendall. You all were there in the captain's quarters. The captain is there, Captain Salias, along with Doriana and Brendel, who they're consoling with some tea. Brackle, you and Perrin are going to set out to investigate, see if you can find the true scene of the crime, right? Let's do it. Where would you like to go? That's a good question. I was thinking the kitchen. Okay. That's the last place you saw her, right? It's the last place you guys saw her, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Now let's go. So you guys want to head down to the kitchens? Yeah, before, before Perrin leaves, he'd like to go over to Brindle uh, and kneel down and, and look him in the eye and say, say that he knows what he's feeling and that uh, we'll find the person responsible. He makes eye contact with you, and he, he gives you a, a little nod of appreciation, but he doesn't he doesn't speak. doesn't seem to have found his voice just yet. Hang in there, brother. So you and Brackle head down to go check out the kitchens. As you're going to do that, the rest of you, Meg and Phelan and Clover, who are you going to speak to first? Hmm. Who would y'all like to speak to first? I'm trying to remember everyone's names. Okay, I can run back through that for you real quick. We've got Doriana, and you've got Captain Salias. Mm-hmm. You've got Brendel. They're in the room with you right now. You've got Klein, Stein, Marn, and Tarin, who were the four deckhands. Tarin is the one who actually found Kendall's body. You've got Gorin, Stonefeller, the gruff old dwarf. And you've got Fongal, the rigger. A uh, young elven man who you know is the lookout sort of guy a lot of times, and I think that's it. Perhaps we should start with the one who discovered the body. All right. So Tarin. Yep, Tarin. Okay. Doriana is there in the room with with you guys, and she says, "I will go and 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 fetch Tarin for you. Would you like to speak with her in here, or where would you like to go?" I think we should move to another room, uh, right. just so there's no. So Just you, so they your can quarters speak. then, perhaps? Uh, we'll do the deckhand's quarters. Mine okay. All right. smells a little weird. Oh, um, well, I haven't noticed. I'll go mm. and fetch her and take her to the... I'll tell her to return to her quarters and you all can meet her in there across from the kitchens. Sounds good. So she goes and gets Tarin. She kind of goes out at the same time that Brackle and Perrin headed that way. So Brackle and Perrin, you guys, along with Doriana, go to the kitchens. And Doriana summons Tarn and asks her to come with her, and she steps outside. Now, inside the kitchen is also the it's also the mess. Uh, so, like, there's the table, and Gorin's in there along with Kleinstein and Marin. Uh, Fongal is in there, and they're all just seated around the table. But you all are free to look around in there with them. In there, why don't you guys go ahead in the kitchens? Give me a perception check or an investigation check. I rolled a natty one. Brackle goes blind. Alan, on the way down, you trip. <laughs> Brackle goes blind. And when you hit the ground, you bounce, and you bounce all the way back out and then into the ocean, and you're dead. But <laughs> time, like, that's a paradox. I'm just kidding. You roll a natural one. <laughs> Shut up, Alan. Uh, <laughs> I rolled a 16, so that's uh, 22. Okay, is that perception or investigation? Perception. Okay, so Alan, you go inside... And uh, you just, you become overcome with emotion. You just, you know, <laughs> crying. No more mushrooms. Uh, you're just sobbing, honestly. You see, you, you, I'll tell you what it is. You go across the room and you start to look around and you, you see a little country crock bowl. It's got your name Brackle written on top of it. <laughs> and under it, it's not underlined, but there's drawn like a little, it looks like a little stick. 
you know, woods and made her think of you and she, your food's in there. Guys, there's some onions somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) There's some onions somewhere. That's my perception. Somewhere here. The onions. Uh, while uh, while Brackle is uh, having a moment there, Perrin, you uh, you perceive. You look around the room, and and there's let's see. What, what do you see? What do you see when you perceive? Well, for one thing, you notice there is a room in the back, um, like in the back right corner from where you're standing. There is another door, a small door that leads off into a separate room. Uh, it's not the closet. There is a pantry. There's a pantry on the other corner, uh, which you've seen Kendall. You saw Kendall specifically gathering things from but you remember that when doriana i believe it was showed you this room when she gave you all the first tour of the ship she told you that that was the room that was that was a a quarters back there shared by brindle and kindle as far as in the actual kitchen itself you don't see any like very small and specific details that stand out about anything important you see there are still well you see that there are dishes that have been dried uh, that she obviously cleaned after cooking. She kept the kitchen well, and you also find a a box, and you open it up, and there are little tarts that she was prepping mm. for the next morning. They have not been baked yet, but they were resting. Those would have been good. So that's what you see. What exactly are you looking for, laddies? Well, I don't know what we're looking for. A clue. So nothing in the kitchen but the tarts that she was preparing? Nothing interesting about the tarts? No. Nothing in the kitchen really seems to stand out to you, except you do remember that's her bedroom over there. Yeah, I think I will we'll gently put the tarts back down and uh, yes, and go check out the bedroom. Brackle, you follow Perrin over to the bedroom? I do. All right. So you three ladies come downstairs to your quarters. Uh, and when you get there, Doriana is there waiting with Taran. She uh, steps aside as you all step in, or to her quarters. I said yours, but it's actually their room, the one that doesn't stink like hair, rug, okay. hair and seaweed. Okay. And uh, she says, I'll leave you to it. Um, just let me know if you need someone else. I'll be right outside. Thank you so much, Doriana. She steps out and closes the door. I'm going to walk over to Clover mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Phelan. So... Who would like to start asking questions? I have a question. Y- uh, yes? What um, were you doing when you discovered the body? Well, it was my night to um, to help uh, keep keep a watch outside. You, know, you never know when something might show up. And I had been maintaining a watch on the decks. And I came downstairs to use the lavatory. Um... And when I came back, when I came downstairs, it was raining, it was dark, but there was no one doing anything. Um, occasionally, you know, I, I would go and, and check the, the helm and, and steer us, make sure everything was right, but nothing had moved or shifted. But uh, when I came out downstairs, I was alone on the deck at the moment, and when I went back upstairs, on top of the deck, she was there, tied to the mast, with that knife in her chest couldn't have been more than five minutes hmm what made you pull the knife out i mean she was already i dead. didn't pull the knife out oh who said i pulled the knife out well, am i in trouble no, no, have no, people no. been saying that Calm. i uh, oh, i think i'm gonna be sick i'm, I think gonna I'm walk, going to meg walks over and like massage her shoulders a little 
Listen, it's fine. Calm down. I didn't pull out the knife. I, figuring out what's that breeze. I immediately, mm-hmm. I screamed. Okay. Scream. And I ran to Captain Celias. I banged on his door until he came out. And he must have taken the knife out. If anyone did, it would have been him. Okay. It was just a question because the knife was not there when Am we I in arrived. trouble? No. Not yet. But no. We don't know what happened. We're just trying to figure it out. I know that everyone would say this, but I, I, I thought Kindle was great. I, her food was not that great, but she was great. I would never have hurt Kindle. Do you know anyone who didn't think Kindle was great? I um, no, everyone loved Kindle. She was sweet and kind. Um, roll me a persuasion check. You, you're the one talking, so unless anyone else has anything to say to try and help her to give her advantage. If you can tell us anything at all that could perhaps help this case, I mean, we have to avenge her death. If there's anything that you can tell us at all, it would be a great help. Okay, go ahead and roll roll a persuasion check with advantage. A 10 and a 19. Plus? Zero. Oh, well. It's a good I am thing. awesome. It's a good thing you had those uh, the yeah. help there from uh, yeah. from. You helped a lot. Clover. I, I I wouldn't want to say anything to color the investigation or to get anyone falsely accused. The the only person I ever heard say a single crossword to Kendall Wood was her brother. But I mean, I always assumed it was just like sibling spats. Well, you can't ever be sure, but we do appreciate your honesty. Um, Phelan, do you have any? closing questions. I think we're almost done here with with Taryn. I can't think of anything we haven't already covered. Alright. So I can go then? Yes, you can go. Okay. I I hope that you find whoever did this. Thank you. She gets up and and, and kind of leaves the room quickly. I guess we tell Doriana we want somebody else. Yep, Doriana sticks her head in. Who do we want next, ladies? We've got Mm. we got Stan and Klein. Klan, we could ask. So, I guess send in one of them. Hmm. What do you think? Um, Phelan, was it? Yes. Do you have a preference one way or the other? Not particularly. Hmm. I mean, we'll mm-hmm. probably end up talking to both of them eventually anyway, so. It's true. It's true. Well, I guess send in um, Klein or something. Klein. Alright, I'll grab them. Uh, she goes to get them. Perrin and Brackle. You enter into the bedroom of Kendall and Brindle. Inside, it is a small room. Um, literally, it is like where the ceiling comes down like at an angle in the back, and their beds are in the back, but they're small. I mean, three feet tall, both of them. So uh, one, there's two beds, like foot to foot on the end over there, and you can see that one, you know, you can obviously see which is Brindle's and which is, is Kendall's. One is completely covered in soot. Uh, the other is not. There is a small desk off to one side, uh, and then an equal small desk off to the other side. It's a very kind of symmetrical kind of room. Uh, on the small desk to the left, there is what seem to be like little pizza pieces, not pizza, little pieces of machinery or some kind of like little, you know, like tinkering tools and things like that. On the other side, there it's very well kept. There's a little cup with some some quills and a, an inkwell and uh, things like that. And, and there's basically nothing else on top of the desk. There are some small drawers. What do you do? I open the drawers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is hidden within? Open the drawers. Uh, give me an investigation check there, Brackle. 
That is a five. Or sorry, sorry, that's a three. Uh, I can't math. You're unable to math? Let's go with the five. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot mine was a zero. It's a three total. Okay, so you you don't see anything of any interest. Uh, You open the drawer, and there are some papers down in there, a couple things, uh, what look like some, you know, like a bottle of perfume. Uh, But nothing that really uh, piques your interest. Parent, what are you? Are you also looking in the desk? Are you looking somewhere else? What are you doing? Well, I think since Brackle went to that area, I would have gone over to uh, uh, Brindle, Brindle's Mm -hmm. area. Okay. Especially not knowing that you rolled a three. Uh, so what are you doing exactly? You doing an investigation check? You doing perception? What what are you what are you just looking through his stuff? Yeah, just for anything that's not not that I would know what's out of the ordinary, but anything that looks out of place. Okay, give me an investigation check. Okay, well that is in that one, but I'm lucky. Oh no, so I'm oh, good. that. Lucky. And that's much better. It's a 19. Wow. Okay. So with a 19, you go to looking around stuff, and everything's covered in a film of dust and and grime. It has a, a slight smell of something, you know, gunpowder. You go looking in the desk, and you open a drawer, and there's a bunch of tools down in there, uh, different little things. You open the other drawer, and there are some papers smudged with dirty fingerprints, look like some drawings and blueprints and things like that. And you're scooching them around, and you notice something. You notice that this, this drawer uh, is, it seems deeper from the outside than it does from the inside. All right, so I guess I'll be looking for um, a hidden release. You feel around the perimeter of the shelf with your hand, and you find a little divot in the very back, uh, and you push down with your finger, and it pops, and it kind of pops up the lid, kind of like a little, almost like a, like a trash can with a button, and it just kind of lifts up just a little, and you're able to lift it up, and down in there, there are what look like some, they look like little trinkets, um, something personal, like one's like a little hand-carved doll. Um, you know, it, it just looks like a little figurine. You know what I'm saying? Just like little personal things. Something that looks like it has no value, but it would have like sentimental value to him. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a little like necklace. It's like a locket. Some things like that. But you do find those things. None of those things really seem to have any connection to Kindle. Uh, but you find those things in his drawer. I will also mention this. You you also realize and see that at first glance, both of their desks, like I said, everything looks very symmetrical. Their beds look like the same make and design, and so do their desks. So I, I found a secret compartment on this desk. Will you check the back of the desk and see if there's a little divot for a secret compartment? I lean down and check for the thing. Pop. You feel the little divot and the bottom of the drawer that had like the the perfume and a couple of things like that. It kind of pops up and you can pull up the false lid or the false floor. Na, 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 na. There is a notebook, a leather bound notebook. What does it say? You pull it out and open it and start reading it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> can can Brackle read? It's a trap. Maybe. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Like we've got a Kyorg situation in our hands here. This is a diary. Oh. You read the diary? Brackle doesn't care about social norms, yes. Perrin, I'm assuming you've stepped over there with him as well. You see he pulls a little notebook out, and it is a leather-bound little notebook. And when he opens it, it is Kendall's personal diary. Y'all start flipping through? Yeah, we got to check it out. 
This girl is dark, man. I'm gonna tell you. She's no, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. She was trying to kill us. She was. That was a surprise. That she was poisoning the soup soup every day. I'm just kidding. They didn't like the mushroom soup today. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see. So while you guys are looking through the diary, I'm gonna switch back real quick. You guys interview Klein, and and then you can go through Sodomar and all three. They all are gonna say the exact same thing. Okay. They were all asleep. It was Taryn's turn. She was supposed to be working with Gorin on hand as well, and none of them know anything about it. None of them ever saw anyone being mean to Kendall, and they are a blank well of information. They have they know nothing, so they're not going to be helpful to you. Well, that's good. So you clear them off the list, the three of them, pretty easily, because to be honest, after talking to them, here's what you kind of think about them. They're not that bright. Hmm. You know? So. Hmm. Okay. So here's what you know. Those three, not that bright. Tarin is easily the most intelligent among the four of them. Tarin's found the body. The only person she ever saw ever angry at Kendall that she can remember was Brindle, but she thought it was just like sibling spatting like happens. Mm -hmm. uh, she did not take the knife out. If anyone did, it was the captain. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now what? I think we should probably speak with Gorin. He seems to be everywhere. He might have seen something. Mm. Yeah, by the way, Perrin, when you were digging through that drawer, you look back at Brackle, you see Gorn out of the corner of your eye. <laughs> Just outside. He's eating a tart. Is it a royal tart? A tear drips down from his one good eye. They were asleep. Anyway. So we asked Gorin to come in there. Doriana brings Gorin in. Clunk, clunk. Hey, I'm here. What do you need from me? Gorin, Gorin, Gorin. We've talked to the deckhands, and hey, good. they've all said some negative things about you and in, in, in the happenings of what happened, and it's not looking good for you. Deception check. I have this thing. It's called Flash of Genius. Oh. And so when you are another creature you, you could see does an ability check or saving throw, uh -huh. you can use a reaction to do plus three to the roll. Okay. Does that work? I got to put plus three because I have a zero in deception. Okay, do it. Cool. So plus three. So you used one of your flash of geniuses. That's cool. Yeah. That was really cool. It's too bad this character's a one-shotter because <laughs> she's got a lot of neat things. Gord's about to kill me when I feel this. Yeah, he's going to beat you to death with this cane. Okay, <laughs> he's going to take your eye. Oh, nat 20. Plus three. Wow. Wow, that worked really good. Excuse me? Is it? Did you just... Hold on. Wait. Let me get this straight. Did you just tell me that Marin Stain <laughs> Klein that little maggot no, 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 was no. in here poor Klein saying I saying what that I'm lazy saying that I'm always there in the corner of his eyes saying that I'm always watching saying that I peck my nose when I don't think anyone's looking is that what he was saying? They did mention all those things. I'll kill him! No! I'll kill him! If you scream that out loud, I'll you, kill would, you would definitely be... Klein! <laughs> he busts through the door. Klein, you little... Whoa, You're just Danny. proving yourself to be our number one suspect. <laughs> what? Never. I've not... I just... <laughs> oh, man, that worked. <laughs> I'm lightheaded. Now, the only thing that we need from you... I didn't you... do it. I didn't do it. I would never hurt dear little Kendall. She was so sweet. Yes, she cooked the worst food I've ever tasted in my entire life. It was okay. She almost killed me. 
If it wasn't for my iron gut, I'm quite certain I'd have died. Yeah. I would never have hurt her. She was so sweet. She was a dear. Mm-hmm. Now, Klein, on the other hand. Well, don't get hasty, Gorn. If you do murder Klein, we obviously know rodent. it's you. I'm not going to kill him. If I kill him, he won't learn nothing. Just make him swab the poop deck again. Oh, and... he's going to swab it. <laughs> La poop! He's going to swab it <laughs> till his fingers fall off. Uh, that is that is good. I, ladies, I think we're done with Gorin here. Hey. Unless there's anything you need to add. I think we've made a pretty good... <laughs> Have you? I think we've figured out some things about you. Right now, it's not looking good. Absolutely. Mm-mm. All right, that's fine. I've got some business to take care of as it is. <laughs> business with Klein. Ladies, do you have any questions for Mr. Gorin here before he goes and murders? <laughs> he slowly <laughs> begins to walk out the door. Any questions? Did you hear anything at the time of the murder? Or or what we know about when the murder was? I don't remember hearing anything specifically. I heard a scream. And that was from Taryn, when she'd found dear Kendall's body. Uh, but from before that, I, I'll admit I was, I was not. I'd been up up on the deck, but uh, I stepped off to one side, um, and uh, Taryn told me she was going to step down, told me to keep an eye out, and I did, or I thought I did, but obviously my sight's not as good as it once was. I walk over and pat him on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. There, there, Gorin. <sighs> now, if you excuse me, I've got to go beat Klein with my stick. Well, you have fun. <laughs> we'll see you uh, maybe in the morning. Don't take his eyes. He saunters out. Doriana peeks ahead in. Well, that was eventful. Oh, it was. We got a lot of information. And <laughs> Klein might need some help, Doriana. Is um, there anyone else you'd like to speak with? Have you gotten any closer you- to it? You know, ladies, unless you have some options, I think I have one, someone in mind to ask or to talk to. Do you have any suggestions? I was thinking Fongle. I mean, he usually is in the mast, right? That'd be a good idea. So Fongle, then, I will uh, I'll retrieve him. She'll wait here. And then when she closes the door... Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that worked. I've always <laughs> wanted to do that. <laughs> it's like what they say, the bad cop, good cop. I'm not really a bad cop, but you know what I mean. Well, at least we know he has a uh, a hot temper. Oh, yes. I also don't think that Goran would ever hurt Kendall. Y'all hear a scream. But he will hurt Klein. <laughs> Poor Klein. I'll beat you with an inch of death, you worm! <laughs> and you hear footsteps running. Uh, a couple moments later, Doriana comes to the door and Fongle is with her. He looks a little pale and uh, tired. And he steps into the room with you all. Of course, I, I figured you might have questions for each of us. And I don't know how much I can help, but I'm happy to answer any questions you might ask. Perrin, you step over and Brackle's got a diary there. What's it say? Check this out. And I hand it to him. Start at the beginning. And it seems mostly, you know, flipping through, mostly just sort of simple stuff. You think she started this diary when she first joined the crew of our sea lady. She's talking about sort of, you know, her first trips out, um, some of the crew, you know, being nice to her. 
uh, how much she likes likes it here, how she and Brindle are settling in well. She talks about um, some fish that she fixed that the captain said was delicious, but she's not sure if he was lying just to make her feel better about it, whatever. She kind of, you know, just a lot of that sort of stuff for a while. And you flip through, and there's quite a few pages. Like, you don't really have time to sit and read them all, but you kind of quickly skim through looking for anything, any, 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 like, sort of thing that jumps out at you. And it's mostly just like, oh, you know, we've got new deckhands. One's a girl named Taryn. She's really been really nice to me. Whatever, different ones, blah, blah, blah. She goes through. Finally, she comes, you come to a point, though, in the, uh, in the diary where she, you know, the writing sort of changes. Uh, and she mentions um, that there was someone new who had joined the crew. Uh, about a month ago and that he is very handsome and and his name is so exotic and at the end in just like a flowing script she just writes fungal so you and Perrin kind of look at each other it's terrible penmanship like just bad penmanship and you know you keep reading you read on through you know she she writes about different things but she always mentions fungal from that point forward she's always like saw fungal today we talked for a minute whatever he said my hair looked nice blah 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 before you know it, though, eventually she she, she kind of like it's usually just one entry a day, uh, and then you come to a place where there's like multiple entries in one day, and she describes how that Fongal asked her to dinner when they were off in Brightport one evening, and she outlines basically a date that they went on, and it's it is what you would expect. It's a a, a young woman's diary talking about her new crush, and it eventually goes into detail saying. You know, they have started to see one another, but they're keeping it a secret because they don't want the rest of the crew to feel uncomfortable. And there's a lot of that. Until so finally you come down into the most recent entry, which was the night, according to the date, it would have been the same day that you all left from Brightport. And she was writing, describing how that she and Fongle had gone out one evening, the last evening they were there in Brightport. And that he seemed distant, seemed a little bit off. And she thought maybe he was, you know, nervous about all the rumors of the monsters at sea and stuff. And that she, you know, trying to console him, she said maybe they should stay off the ship this time. They should just stay in Brightport and and get off the ship. And when she did, he lashed out at her almost angrily. And it, it frightened her. Of course, he immediately apologized, but she writes about how that it was just a little unsettling. And the last thing she said is, I don't know what's bothering him so much, but I'll worry for him. I hope it will pass soon. Bongo did it. Let's get him. Let's go. Ladies, we pull our swords. Yes. This is the moment when we draw our swords together. So, Phelan, didn't you find something or remember some historical things about uh, the crime scene when we were up there? Something about the knife or a skull or something? Oh yeah. Um, what was it? I knew about that again. You just you're familiar with a uh, a sort of infamous guild or group of pirates who call themselves the Black Skull. Okay, so um, I guess I relay that information to them. Although you you don't know of anything to do with the chains, that 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 part seems strange. Interesting. I was saying, if there was anything you would like to ask him about those, I think that I think that would be wise. And I, I mean, we could be saying this kind of to ourselves over on that side. Okay. Not really just saying it out loud, but mm-hmm. like if, Phelan, if you would like to ask him about that, mm-hmm. maybe he knows where the dagger come from. Clover pulls the knife out of her bag or, and mm-hmm. shows it to him. 
Have you ever seen this before? Um, uh, maybe. Can I can I see it here? Hold it a little closer. You know, I think maybe I have seen that. I could be wrong, but I think. Does that belong to Gorin? Really? Hmm. Gorin seems to carry a, a hitting stick, which he is using on a Klein right now. Poor, poor thing. Um, but yeah, you still hear random screams. <laughs> yeah. But this knife is oh is interesting. Phelan, uh, show him the interesting part about the knife. Maybe he has seen that part before. The uh, the the skull is on a a white bandana handkerchief type thing, which I would assume you also have if you had the knife, because it was tied around the end of it. So it's probably still tied on there. Okay. Um. So I guess I'll take that off of the knife, kind of hold it out to him, and um, does this symbol mean anything to you? Mm, I can't say that it does. Is this something I should be um, familiar with? I don't know. Is it? Uh, roll me an insight check. And I'm going to give her a ray of genius or whatever it's called. Oh, okay. So you get a plus three. Genius! Yes, awesome. A flash of genius. Sorry. Flash. Uh, 19. Oh, yeah. Okay, 19. Hmm. You would not say that you feel 100% confident that he is telling the truth. He seems to be avoiding your eyes a little bit. So are you absolutely sure you've never seen of this symbol, ever heard of this symbol, have any sort of familiarity with it? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I, okay, I've, I've heard of uh, pirates. Um, could be, looks like something, maybe a pirate... <laughs> We'll find out either way. What is it? I, 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 are we all, are we almost done here? Um, no. <laughs> look. You see, I've been here for a while on this ship, and I've noticed some things about you. Uh, I oh. mean, I don't I don't tend to point out how do you, I don't want to say flaws, but traits of people. And you seem to stay in the crow's nest all the time, unless you're um, working on deck and those things, tying ropes and those things, and you do a great job of that, don't get me wrong, but you had to be up there when this occurred. I don't spend every night in the crow's nest. So you weren't in the crow's nest? No, not when not when this happened, I was down below so were you in the kitchen? No. Hmm. So you weren't in the crow's nest. You weren't in the kitchen. Were you in the library with a knife? <laughs> I'm just kidding. The door opens behind you guys. <laughs> Perrin and Brackle. Me? You open the door and you see the three of them standing there and uh, Fongle sitting on a bunk. He turns and sees the two of you standing there. <laughs> You got some splaining to do. A <laughs> <laughs> motion to the interrogators and then have them come outside. Uh, and so can we still see him through the two-way glass? Yeah, yeah, you can still see him. <laughs> I show them the diary while they can't. Well, Fongle can't see or hear, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, you can do that. Oh. Apparently, 
They've been a courting. He had a recent outburst. Not looking good for Fongle. Yeah. He's the first one we've interrogated that actually seems suspicious. Goran, well, he he's totally innocent in my opinion. We've also asked him about the uh, the handkerchief with the black skull on it, and he acted like he knew nothing about it. Did you do an insight check? <laughs> Phelan did. <laughs> Thank you, Ellen. I mean, Phelan, did you pick up on anything when you were asking him? He didn't seem like he was fully making eye contact with me as he was talking about it. I'm, I'm a bit suspicious. Mm. Mm. Sounds like we should stab him. Uh, as, as you guys have the journal there, the diary, you kind of flip back through quick, just kind of skimming over, just make sure you miss it. And, and you notice there was one thing that you kind of glossed over, and that was that she mentioned they had met up privately in the lower decks at night so that no one would see them when they wanted to meet up. So, you know, because they were trying to keep their relationship a secret, like back behind the storage. Let's go look back there, see what we can find. Yeah, you saw something she wasn't supposed to. Don't keep grilling them. All right. So you ladies step back inside with uh, Fongle? Yeah. I cross my arms and stand on my tippy toes to make myself look taller. Right. Good. <laughs> Very good. I start, like, punching my fist. Like yeah. This. All right, buddy. We're going to get this out of you one way or another. <laughs> um, Brackle, you and Perrin quickly make your way down to where you know where Brindle had showed you where the where the, uh, like the cannons and things are. And you know that that is the way to also get down to the storage underneath the, the actual, like, lowest lower decks. And you go down there and start looking around. And, and you, it doesn't take you that long to, you know, push a couple things around, move around, and you find in the back corner there is a place... Looks like there's like some pillows, little like a little table, and it looks like a place where someone might have slept. And you look around the area, and if you want to take a better look, I'm gonna need a, an investigation check. Ooh, it's on you, Brackle. It's Eleven. I got ten. <laughs> oh, Eleven. No. Good, 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 good. This looks like the classic char where he's uh, stowed away. <laughs> yeah. Um, ladies, upstairs, what do you ask? So, Fongle, how long have you been on the ship? Or about a month or so, something like that. Mm. Been traveling with them. Made any friends on the... Because, see, here, here's the thing. The deckhands, they're friends. They, Kleinstein and Dom and whatever all yeah. their names are. Mon um, yeah. Tell uh, you know, they're all friends, and, you know, they seem to be close they do share a bunk and right you know there what was are you not trying to say well i'm just asking like are you one to keep to yourself and not talk to anyone or was there anyone on board that you actually um were friends with or talked to any he looks like makes eye contact with all three of you I eye contact back so hard he's trying to like read you <laughs> a little bit who told you I guess you could say the dead spoke to us. Then you know that I... I would never have hurt Kendall. What was it that they said, ladies, he had a, quote, outburst? He was angry in one of their outings. Is that what the... I believe she suggested staying off the boat, and he didn't seem to like the idea. Hmm. Seemed peculiar. Hmm. Interesting. He looks a little shook by the details... That are coming out right now. 
Yeah. I'm gonna, like, the door is closed, right? Mm. So I'm gonna lean it against the door. Mm-hmm. Just kind of give him that. There's there's no way out, buddy. All right, Alan, Parent and Brackle. You're looking around down there, moving stuff around, flipping stuff around, moving the, the, the little cot pillows and all that stuff, the table. There's a drawer on the table. You open it and you look in there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give me another investigation check, but with advantage this time. Come on, baby. Oh, another nat one. Oh, boy. But I feel lucky. Oh, nat 20. Oh, baby. Wow. Nice. I got a nat one and a nat 14. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. This time you pull the whole drawer out. Like, you're determined. There's something here. And stuck to the back of the drawer, there is a small little rolled up piece of paper. And you pull it out and you unfold it. And when you do, you recognize it as some sort of an arcane messaging system, like a, uh, you know, like a sending, but one that you can send back and forth. On it, there is scribbled these words. Tonight, we come before dawn. Perform the sacrifice first. What was chained will be unleashed. Oh, God. Oh, these oh, guys again. <laughs> There is a strike of thunder that, like, shakes the whole ship loud. And Fongal is, uh, look, I don't really know what... The moment that thunderous strike hits, his demeanor changes. Uh Uh-oh. It's go, Tom. Oh, no. Well, I guess you're on to me. But it doesn't matter. You're all out of time. And he misty steps out of the room. No! No! And then y'all feel something absolutely slam up against the side of the ship. Like something just rammed it. Oh, no. You start hearing some yells. And what do you do? I stab it. I run out the door. I'm going to run out of the (laughs) Alan, I'll stab it. What? You all take off running. Everybody's trying to get upstairs as quick as you can. Uh, Perrin and Brackle, you guys are a step behind. Uh, also, there was also on that paper, I'm going to tell you, that in the corner, there was that same symbol, the skull with the chains around it. And you guys take off running. Everybody's trying to get upstairs as quick as you can. Uh, you, ladies, you step out of the room in a hurry, and you see um, Doriana on her way up the steps, and she has uh, drawn from her waist a wand. And Phelan, Clover, Meg, you all step up onto the upper deck. It is still very dark. The rain is falling steadily, and you can see strikes of lightning sort of ringing all over in the sky and around the sea, and the waves are shaking. And across from you, butted up against the side of the ship, with now swinging through the air, sort of like grappling hooks, grabbing the edge and pulling it tight, is another ship. Mm. And this one is solid black, and you see numerous figures standing cloaked, running now in your direction. And let's roll initiatives. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> I am 18. Going on 19. Yes, I have a 21. 21. Very good. Uh, Yeah, I got a three. <laughs> three total? That is not a high roll. Nope, I rolled a one. <laughs> 11. 11. 17. 17. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. You three run up onto the top deck, as you do. People are now moving towards you. There are two ships 
right, side by side. Both of them are about mm, 80 feet across. You know, there's like 160 feet of total feet that way. And then we'll say it's about the same in terms of length. So it's like 160 foot, let's call it 150 for good measure. 150 foot square of arena that you can use. Now to your right, it goes up steps, like up on top of the captain's quarters. There's the mast in the middle. There's a number of crates and barrels up on the top like you'd expect to see similar things over on the other ship and there are numerous figures that are running towards you now it is dim light does anybody not have dark vision i would say that brackle and perrin maybe are the two who may not have dark vision it's not gonna it's not gonna affect you for the most part uh, it's dim light so you, you, you know it's just once you get into deep range it might become a little bit trickier okay so just keep that in mind uh and there's also some lights shining like there are lanterns and that helps some but I might, in certain instances, say, well, you're, this is going to give you disadvantage if it's, a, if it's a ranged attack. So, here we go. Uh, the ladies are the first ones up top. And here's what you see. You see numerous figures. Quick glance. You see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cloaked figures running in your direction, I do believe. You also see that Doriana, like I said, has drawn her wand. And she is standing about five feet in front of you. And the door has slung open, and Captain Solias has stepped out, still wearing his nightshirt and his pants, but he has a sword in hand. Okay? Brackle, you and Perrin are, are coming up from behind them. So when they got upstairs, initiative started. I'm going to say you guys are a solid 20 feet from reaching the top. Okay? Okay. Which means it'll take 20 feet of your movement to get up there. Now, Perrin, you're first. Well, that leaves me five feet, so that that gets me me very far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But as I come up, um, where did you say the biggest concentration is of uh, invaders? These guys, right now, I would say there's about three um, who have made it over onto this side of the ship. Okay. The others are still off on the other side, and they're kind of spread out. There are three invaders who are climbing over, like, as you come up. Climbing over into the ship, like, hopping over. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? There is one figure who is sort of standing at their head, uh, looking in the direction of the stairs. And you you do see and recognize him, because he is not cloaked. It is Fondle. Now he has appeared up here. He has summoned to his hands two strange-looking spectral dark blades. Well, that doesn't sound good. So what would you like to do? I guess I will head that way. My five feet. Okay. Do you have any kind of uh, ranged attack you can do or want to do or anything? No, I don't. So do you want to, like, hold your action, say if someone comes in range of you, you do an attack on him? I might put... I think I'll put Hunter's Mark on him if he's within range. On Fungal? Fungal, yeah. What is the range on that? I I would... uh, He's almost certainly in range. Yeah, 90 feet. He's in range. Okay. So... So he is marked, like a first-level spell, right? It is. And basically, when you attack him, you do extra damage? Yes, and I have advantage in finding him if he tries to disappear. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, is that the, is that the end of your turn, or do you want to... You can hold an attack action if you want, because that's a bonus action, right? Yes, I will hold an attack then. Okay, all right. With, with uh, your rapier? My rapier. Okay, so you've got your rapier at the ready. If someone moves within range of you, you will uh, stabby stab at them. Okay? It is Fongle's turn, and he sees all of you step up, Doriana out front, and the three of you. Now, Phelan and Meg and Clover, you guys all did come upstairs, right? You're all on the top deck. Yes. Yeah. Fine. Mm-hmm. He gets a wicked grin on his face, 
time to shed a little more blood. And he sprints towards you, Meg. He does okay. not like the cut of your jib. Okay. And he is going to stab at you with stabbies. First stabby. Oh, this is a bad way to start. Oh, God. That does not sound good. No. Felicia. Felicia. I got it. Yep. I rolled a nat 20 on my dice like that. That is a natural 20. I know. Let me oh. see. This is Ooh. bad. Oh, no, something. guys. Okay. There's a couple things here. On his first turn, he has an advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken a turn. So he had advantage, not that it mattered. He got the crit. I may just do this on D&D Beyond because it's going to be a lot. First, 1d6 plus 3. Oh, gosh. But it's going to be two of those. So that's 7. I'll go ahead and do another 6 here. 2. That's 9. So 9 piercing damage. Who's being attacked? I'm sorry. Uh, Meg is. <sighs> plus 30 sneak attack damage. Oh, that's really bad. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. I'm sorry, Felicia. This was not my intent. He just came at you because you were the one talking the most in the it, It's not charmed, is it? Because I have, uh, I mean, the it's not constitution. Magic. It's okay. not magic, yeah. It's, he's got a poison blade. Oh. Four plus bad. <sighs> She's not within okay. five feet of me, is so she? So, nine. Yeah, she probably is. I can use my reaction to mitigate some of the damage. I can use the interception, use my shield to block some of the damage. Okay. Um, how much damage? It's not a, It's not enough, that's for sure. Yeah, well, every, every little bit helps because she's getting wrecked. Um, I have a thing. I, I'm trying to find it. It's called... Uh, uh, it's called... A, it's like you absorb can absorb... Elements. It's a spell. If you get attacked. Okay. But it's a reaction. Yes. So I don't know you if You capture some it. of the incoming energy, lessening its effect on you and storing it for your next melee attack. You have resistance to the damage type until you start your next turn. And the next time you hit with it, uh, they take 1d6 of that. So, yeah, you can do that. It's a spell. So if you use that, you get resistance to poison, which means you'll take half the poison damage, which is good because he got 27. Yeah, that. So go ahead and you want to do that? Yeah, I want to do that. So first, is it what level is that? First level? I guess. You can, yeah, looks like it's only at first level. All right, okay. So go ahead and cast that. You don't roll anything. You just take half. So instead of 27, you take uh, 18. Did he do something? Did Chris? he do anything? Mm-hmm. He's going to do the thing. Interception um, is 1d10 plus 4. Okay. So roll that. 11. So get 11 back of the regular damage, and then you only took 18 poison. So how much did you take in total? Just take 11 off of that. That makes it 1. So 1, 19, 20, 21, plus 7 is 28, and then half of this, which was 18. So you still took, like, 46 damage. I was going <laughs> to – hey, no joke. If if he Goodness. Chris wouldn't have done that and I wouldn't have done my thing, uh, I would have been down to three hit points. Oh, my God. No joke. Like, you're you're not a tank. I was afraid he was going to drop no. you. No. That was close. Good, good can thing. You be- can you believe it? That's can you also believe this? He's going to do something else? He's going to make another attack. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> What's your armor class? Oh, not good. Oh, I think it's okay. He rolled, lo- he rolled low. He rolled low. Uh, 16. Okay, sorry. he only rolled he, he rolled a 5, so he missed. Okay, that's good. He got 5 plus his bonus, but it wasn't enough to hit. What so. a loser. Second one misses. <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh, I was like, if he rolls another nat 20, we're just going to end it right here. Uh, okay, yeah. go ahead. Please. All right, now that's the end of his turn. He laughs, and Captain Solias steps out, and when he does, one of the cloaked figures catches his eye, and he runs toward them at the same moment that Fongol is running toward 
her because he doesn't really know what's going on with Fongo yet. He hasn't heard. Uh, he just sees him out there with weapons. He's going to know now. But at the same time, in this six-second moment, Captain Solias rushes forward to go and make a stabby uh, with his sword. Uh, he has a uh, like a long sword, and he is going to, or actually, it's a short sword, and he's going to stab at the first uh, cloaked figure that he sees there, and he's going to attack twice with that. The first one is a miss. The second one is a hit. So he's going to hit the first one once with his long sword, and that will be a. Where it was. Uh, that would be a... He does seven damage to the first guy. Slashes him. Oh, God, fiend! Uh, that is that. He is going... He hits him once for some damage. And... That is the end of his turn. Okay, that's the end of his turn. Now it's Alan's turn. Brackle. That's me. It's Brackle. Uh, Brackle. So, uh, how far am I from... Uh 20 feet. 20 feet. So I'm just going to aim my longbow of vigilance right mm -hmm. at uh, Fungal's face. The stupid face. I'm actually aiming at right. his chest because that's a bigger target, but, you know, Brackle's tactical. So let's see how this goes. And I have multi-attack. Okay. Get him, Brackle. Go for it. Uh, that is a 17 plus 11, so 28. Yeah. That hits? Yep. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. So I'll roll 1d8 plus 4. Okay. So that is 5 damage. So I rolled a 1. Okay. And then I'm going to attack again. So that is a 19 plus 11, so 30. Also a hit. And I'm going to roll a 1 again, so 5 more damage. Oh my goodness. This dice well, is you, going you to hit him twice. jail. 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 Okay. And, so at the end of your turn, you got anything else you want to do? Well, first... The dice is going to jail. Mm -hmm. Let's see. I think that's everything. Where, so, is there any cover I can get behind? From where you're at, I would say no. But there is. There are some like um, some crates and stuff where you could get half cover, but not on this turn. You can't get there in ten okay, feet. Okay, I will. So it's about it's about thirty feet from you. I will head that direction. That direction. Is there a rope I can swing on? Because we're on a boat, and that, there that are, seems appropriate. There are ropes hanging from the mast and hooked to the sails and all that. So I swing on a rope to as far as I can get towards the cover. Okay. Uh, you want to go over there and cut a rope? Yes. And swing so I can it. swing on it. You have to wait till your next turn. You can't quite get there. Okay. But you can do that on your next turn. Okay. Clover. Who can I see? Like, are we... Three cloaked figures who've just crossed over and then there is Fongal in the middle and then there's some other cloaked figures over on the other side that you don't have a good look at yet. I would like to cast level one chromatic orb at Fungal. Okay. At least try go to. Go ahead and roll that. That is a 16. That hits. Yes. <laughs> that is 16 damage. Ooh. That's a big one. That is nice. That was a very nice and mean attack that you just cast on him. Uh, what kind of, what was it? kind of energy was it? Um, it's poison damage. Okay, poison damage. Alright. Okay. Yeah, he did not, he did not enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> You're not laughing now, huh? He hit some light, and he's uh, it's like a burning, sizzling green, nasty stuff. So the cloaked gentleman, uh, holding a sword, who is face up with the captain, uh, takes his short sword and slashes it at the captain, trying and attack, try, trying to attack him. 
and uh, he is going to roll it. That is a miss, a total miss, real bad miss. Uh, he's going to do it again, a second attack. Rolls the same thing, he did not roll over a 10. Uh, so he whiffs twice at the captive. The one in the middle runs up toward you guys in the middle, which is uh, Fongle and Meg, and also Perrin is standing there, and he runs up beside Fongle to try and back him up. But when he does, Perrin, he comes within your reach. So go ahead and make me a rapier attack on him. Oh, yeah, man. And actually, since you hold you hold the whole action, so I'm pretty sure you get to attack twice. I like it. The first attack is going to be a six. Yeah, that's a miss, unfortunately. And a 15. 15's a hit. Oh, thank goodness. Since um, this is a readied action, can I still take the sneak attack damage? Yeah, sneak attack is just kind of automatic. Okay. Uh, and he is within five feet of one of your one of his enemies, which is uh, Meg over here. Because you guys are really close to one another. Within five feet, so. Twelve. Twelve damage. There you go. All right, you, you, you stick him. That's underwhelming. You stick him with that rapier as he walks up, and uh, it gets his attention, so he turns towards you instead of Meg, where he was going, because he doesn't like being stuck. And he is going to make a swiping attack at you. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Actually, instead, he is going to try and reach out and grab you, and he's going to make an inflict wounds spell attack against you. What's your armor class? 18. That is a miss. That's a very poopy roll, I'm afraid. Uh, so he does not inflict any wounds on you, and that is actually going to end his turn. The one on the left side comes running up, and he is going to rush toward you, Phelan. And as he is running toward you, I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. That is a, a natural 20. Oh! Ooh, yes! Oh, nice! Uh, he was casting Hold Person on you. And it fails. I mean, it fails. And but when it does, I'm gonna actually gonna let you make a. You have, you have cantrips, right? Uh, I should. <laughs> Don't you make me a uh, like an opportunity attack, uh, cantrip attack. So like ray of frost. Ooh, yeah. I want to do ray of frost. Um. That hits. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that did. That is it. Good job. All right. So roll me that damage. Two d eights. Okay. Five. Okay. So he, he tries to blast you with a whole person as he's running towards you. Uh, he gets within about 10 feet of you, uh, moving his full 30, and it just it, you're too good for his whole person. You blast him with a ray of frost. And in this rain, it does not feel good to be cold. Uh, at that time, a fourth figure comes swinging over on a rope, and he lands right in front of you, Brackle. <coughs> he's going to try and inflict a wound on you. I cast Stop class? him from doing that. Stop, he said. Stop. Uh, 17. <laughs> he rolled a 17 on the dice. So unfortunately, that is going to be a hit. Brackle's dead. One, two, oh. three. Here come the damage. Oh, boy. <sighs> he, rolled, he rolled two tens. 24 oh. necrotic damage. Uh, Brackle's dead. He's not, but he is hurt. Doriana sees all this happening, and when she sees the one come flying down and land in front of you and place a, 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 a wounding hand on you, Brackle. And uh, she is going to... Huh. <laughs> uh, she's going to cast a magic missile Yay. at level four. 
uh, on this on this dude, bro. And that'll be what one, two, three, four, five, six d fours, right? Sixty fours. She casts a magic missile, and that's twenty two plus six, so she does twenty eight damage. Oompa loompa doopity doo. On the one who just hit you, which is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Actually, uh, all four of them hit him right in the forehead, and the last one cracks his neck, and he dies. I kick him while he falls. So the, he, he, he wounds you, he lands on his feet, he reaches out, he necrotic wounds you, and then she busts him in the head with magic missile and he falls down completely dead. Then you hear a, a, a like a battle cry and a large dude comes like leaping over the edge, running towards you all, like in your general direction. And as he does, he throws the, uh, he throws the cloak off and it's just like a big, burly, muscular dude. He's got these weird looking chain tattoos all over his arms. And uh, he has got a great axe in his hands, and he is running straight toward you, Clover. No. <laughs> uh, and he's going to swing that great axe at you. No. <laughs> no. What's your armor class? 12. <laughs> Fortunately, that is a hit. Uh, but it's okay. No. It's not going to be too bad. Yeah, he didn't roll well at all. Six damage. Okay. So not too bad at all. His bark is worse than his bite. And that's the end of his turn. Meg. Okay, so... Bunch of them still on the... Like, is there in front of me a group of them? There's one that attacked Perrin. There's Fongle. Uh, there's one that just run up, ran up and attacked Clover, big dude. There's one over there fighting with the captain. There's one that attacked Brackle, but it got stabbed and killed. In total, there's the big dude, Fongle, and three other dudes right now. Where are they located? One is right in front of you, dead on the ground. Uh, one of the the cloak dudes is over by the captain. One of the cloak dudes is right in front of in front of uh, Perrin. Is the, uh, one of the cloak dudes is the one who ran up and tried the whole person um, failing. And then there is Fongle, who's right in front of Meg. Oh, I mean, well, he hit me pretty bad, so I guess I'm yeah. gonna use this on him. Okay. Okay, so I'm not gonna worry about the uh, poison thing that I had because I'm okay. not gonna use a melee attack. Okay. So I'm just gonna do a firebolt right at him. A firebolt uh, is a ranged attack, and he is up close, so you have disadvantage. I don't really have nothing. Uh... You got booming blade. Yeah, but booming blade. Can I use it this turn? It says on the next. You brandish turn. the weapon used in the spell's casting and make a melee attack with it against one creature within five feet of you. So yeah, you use it. It does a melee attack. Oh, okay. So I'll do that and then add the poison to that. That'll okay. work. Okay. Yeah, that'll work. You pick one of these weapons, Felicia. Is what you do, like this. Yilqua, 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 Yilqua. I don't even know what that is. It's a it simple is melee weapon. It is one of the coolest weapons that you could get. It's in a three-foot wooden shaft with a steel or stone blade. So, you cast it on that and make an attack with it right now. That's what right. you do. Okay. So I cast that on that. I mm -hmm. rolled a fourteen. So if I use a weapon, it's eighteen. Okay. To attack. Yeah, that hits. And then on Fongle. Yes. Okay. So you're attacking Fongle. It hits. So you need to roll me. 2d8s of thunder damage. So 10 thunder damage. And then 1d8 of your weapon damage. Another 8. But you can do your poison, which is 1d6. That's a 3. Okay. All right. So you hit a pretty good little hit. Uh, is that it? You got something else you want to do? So those those uh, elixirs, remember I was telling you about it? Uh -huh. Okay. So I want to take the um, flight one. Okay. And start flying? I just want to drink it. it the drinker... G gains a flying speed of 10 feet per 10 minutes. You drink that. So you're flying? I guess, yes. You start flying. It's like his cast fly on you. Yeah. Okay. 
So we'll say that you're still within five feet of him. If you move outside of that, he's going to swing right. at you. Okay. Do you want to move outside of that? I know he's going to get an opportunity attack. Yeah, he will. And I'm pretty low. It's true. It's up to you. I guess I'll just stay. Okay. All right. Well, you're just kind of hovering right there, and you can move on your turn. Phelan. Yes. It is your turn. Who's closest to me? The closest one to you would probably be the hooded dude that tried to hit you with the whole person. He was kind of moving in your direction, and you hit him with that uh, frost, ray of frost. Okay, I'm going to attack him with magic missile at second level. All right, go for it. Okay. So two, three, three, and four is six, eight, and twelve. They strike into him. He's still standing, but uh, he doesn't look great. Anything else? Nope, that's all. Okay, with that, we roll around, and the captain actually is going to yell out to you all, Take them! Save the ship! And for the next minute, whenever any of you guys make an attack roll uh, within his sight, you can add a d4 to the roll as he gives you a leadership charge. Okay? So any attacks you guys do while he's in, in the area, add a d4 to the attack. And with that, we roll back around to Parrot. Baron, you've got a, a cloaked dude right in front of you whom you stabbed. Uh, you have, and also Fongle is within your reach as well. It's like five feet to your left. Oh God! In front of where Meg is floating. But Meg's also within reach too. She is, but she's just like five feet in the sky. Okay. Because she's floating. There's a reason. I have a plan. So I have the choice to attack the guy that I just stuck with the rapier, or yes. attack Fungal. That's right. Which would open me up to the attack from the guy that I just stuck with the rapier. It's true. Or move and try to use lay on hands on Meg, which would open me up to an opportunity attack. Mm. From two. What? He would have an opportunity attack against him from both those guys. Uh. If you run that way toward me. If you move, you'll have an opportunity attack. But if you're just attacking them, you won't have. They won't. Like, one of them won't have an opportunity attack on you if you attack the other one. Does that make sense? Yes. But there's no way for me to lay hands on uh, Meg and heal her without movement, right? Because she's five feet in the air. Actually. I mean, I realize that you're short. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm um, three foot four, but... <laughs> I think you could probably get a lay on hands to her. Yeah, I'm going to say you could probably get one on to her without moving. Yeah, I mean, she's cl- she's right next to you. She didn't fly away. She said, I'm going to yeah. stay where I'm at. So she's just hovering there. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to reach out and do a lay on hands on her, you can. Now, that does take your action. Yeah, I know. But if but. you want to kill Fungal... Y'all keep calling him Fungal. It's hilarious. <laughs> fungal. I'm fungal. sorry for No, your... Fungal's an even better name. Because he's a loser. He really just whooped my hind end. He, he got you good. Uh, so what's it going to be? Healing or attackies? Looking at Meg, how bad a shape is she in? Bleeding. From holes. Bleeding. And her stabbies? Stabs? She's been stabbed. It was pretty bad. She's got like 20-something health. I think now, right? All right. Yeah, it's it's probably a mistake, but I'm going to lay hands on her and heal her. Okay. How much? I've got 45, so I'll, I will heal her until she's healed, if I can. Well, that that's, it'll take 45, right? Yeah, something like that. So take all of it. Just dump all of it. Greedy, Meg. Okay. Dang. 45 hit points come <laughs> flowing back into you. That's awesome. Perrin has saved your life. I really hope those stink bombs work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Yes. Okay. Fongle is here. And uh, he sees you trying to float away. And he says... No, he don't. We are here 
to destroy all of you and to further power our crooked father. And he pulls out from his hip, a, uh, or from like a pocket at his hip, he pulls out this, this weird-looking little black skull, crystal-looking thing. It's not crystal. It, it, it looks like skull, like actual bone, but it's not. He holds it up high, and he says some strange incantation, and he crushes it. And when he does, you hear a shrieking, screaming wail ring across. And now, you will all die. And there is a strange, eerie glow that comes from the captain's quarters. And floating up out of it is a spectral figure with sunken eyes and a mouth wide open in a silent scream. And it looks just like Kendall. Ah! And it is Spreckle's turn. So, question. Is anybody within 10 feet of Fungal. Yeah. Who? Perrin and Meg and a close dude. Just hit us all. Just yeah, that seems like a bad on. idea. <laughs> How good are y'all at deck saves? <laughs> <laughs> I can probably add uh, three. Uh, Perrin's probably pretty good at a deck save. I got plus 12. <laughs> <laughs> plus 12. Uh, Meg... Is sitting at a hefty plus two. It, but I could do the plus three thing and have plus five. But is it a magic thing? It's magic, right? It's magic. Yeah. Just go for it, man. You know what? Just, you do what you want. We're going to smoke them if you got them scenario. Okay. I yell, ground yourselves and cast lightning arrow. Oh, crap. I'm floating. <laughs> oh, okay. Snap. And so, how does that work? So the next time you make a ranged attack during the spell's duration, the weapon's ammunition, or the weapon itself, if it's a thrown weapon, transforms into a bolt of lightning. Make the attack roll as normal. The target takes 48 lightning damage on a hit, or half as much on a miss, instead of the weapon's normal damage. Whether you hit or miss, each creature within 10 feet must make a deck saving throw. Each of these creatures takes 2d8 lightning damage on a failed okay. save, or All half right. on a success. Roll it. I see it. Roll it. And y'all two go ahead and make me dexterity saves. That's a 21. Come on. Come on. 14. Okay. 14 lightning damage into Fonda. He's not, he's not he's happy about it. He doesn't like it. And then 10 or half for everybody else. Okay. So the dude next to him failed. So he takes the full 10. So he's getting zappetied. What about Meg? I got 18. So you take five. Yep. And Perrin? I got 28. Okay, so you take five. Is that it? Or do you... Is, is that it? Technically, I have another attack. I was going to say, you can shoot another arrow, right? Yeah, but this one won't zap. This is just a regular old arrow. Yeah. Firing it at Fongle? Fongle. Man, y'all been focusing on Fongolio here. Because he's mean. He's bad. <laughs> you see what he did to me? He's a bad man. This bad one's man. just 13. 13 total to hit? Total. I rolled a two. That's unfortunate. And it's Dang. unfortunately a miss. Except you're unfortunate. Except oh. roll a D four and see if you can get it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So oh, add two close. to that. So it's so a 15. fifteen. That hits. <laughs> you better thank Captain Solias for that, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> thank you, Captain Solias, for inspiring right. Brackle. Few can do that. Roll that beautiful damage. Roll Come on. It. Ooh. I rolled a 7, so that is an 11. 
He's got an arrow protruding from his chest, and he coughs out a big bubble of blood, and he's not looking very good or well. And he says, this is foolish. You won't survive this. And it is uh, Clover's turn. Clover. Okay. Isn't there a dude bro in front of you? Big dude bro? Uh, yeah, he casts... He or he hit me with the axe, right? Axe, yeah. Yeah, the big muscular dude. I am going to hit him with poison spray. Okay. And he has to succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw. Okay, he got a 2 plus his con, but I don't think it's enough. So that's uh, he's going to take the full damage. Nice. That's 11 poison damage. He takes 11 poison damage. I think that's it. Okay. Then we will go to hooded figures. Uh, the one guy is the one right here in front of you, Perrin. He's going to try and make an attack on you real quick. Tell him not to. A couple attacks. He's going to make a couple attacks. First one is a 13. Does that hit? No. Second one is a 19. Does that hit? That does. Okay. So he's going to hit you four, six, no, five damage. Not a problem yet. Okay. The other one is the one over there in front of you. Phelan, he is going to try and he's going to, let's see, what is he going to do? He's going to use a, he's gonna, I need you to make a um, dexterity saving throw. Okay, so that's an 18 plus 2, so that is a non-natural 20. So you succeed, and with it, you take no damage. Nice. He tries to blast fire at you, and it, it falls down towards you, and you easily step to the side. The other one, where is the other one? Oh, he's, he's over there fighting El Capitan. And he's going to try and attack the captain. Uh, one is a miss. The other one is a hit. Come on, captain. So he does minimum damage. He does four damage on the captain. So captain's doing just fine. Let's see. Now it is uh, Doriana's turn. Doriana turns, and she, uh, looking really freaked out and scared, uh, casts a spell of... She'll do another magic missile. She's going to cast it toward the spectral floating figure of, well, Kendall. Mm. She casts magic missile uh, for 14 damage, and as it flies toward the floating creature, they make contact, but they seem to, it seems to just kind of like not really affect her. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. And the thing lets out another one of those shrieks. And when it does... Like, you have to hold your ears because it, it almost hurts you just to hear it. And then the axe man is going to swing at you again, Clover. Oh. No. <laughs> you rolled a natural 20. Those wedding oh, dogs no. are no. kill no. It's okay. I don't think it's going to be too bad. Um, a thousand. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not Definitely too bad. Definitely be dead. <laughs> Not bad at it all. It just killed you a hundred times over. <laughs> yep. Eight plus. So 18 total damage. <laughs> She's so small. As he brings a great, <laughs> yeah, I know. I so guess you must have stepped aside. It was 18 total slashing damage from a great axe. And at that moment, uh, like I said, the thing that got hit by the D4s is shrieking, uh, shrieking, shrieking, shrieking. I need everyone to make a Constitution saving throw. Oh boy, <laughs> that's a nine. I got a 17. That is a six. At 16. I got 17. Okay. 
Phelan, you and Clover drop to zero hit points. Oh. Okay. Okay. The other two each take 15 damage. Oh, wow. All right. Oompa, loompa, doopity doo. The other two. Uh, the other three. So all three of the other two, others. You all, you all take 15 psychic damage. Woo. You all see both Phelan and Clover just, they faint. Like they go down. You also see all of the cloaked figures over here drop, including the big dude with the axe. What about Fongle? Fondle brings his hands up to his ears and uh, cries and blood is like, you can see blood dripping down his hands and he falls down on his knees. And when he does, stepping out from the doorway behind this floating, shrieking figure comes Brindle. Oh, crap. Blood is literally running down both sides of his face, like where his ears are. Doriana is still standing. The captain falls. He is carrying Kendall's body. And he walks toward this big spectral thing that is shrieking. And he steps up to her. And when he does, it stops and it looks down at him. And he is holding this body of his sister. She's not wrapped in the white thing anymore. She's just out there. And he lays her down. And then he holds his hands over her chest. And he says a word. And her body ignites in fire. And when it does, the fire shows up on the figure of the spectral spirit thing. And then she stops. And her visage changes. And her sunken in eyes look normal. Some color comes back into her. And as the fire looks up around the image of this spectral figure... She lets out a sigh, and then she burns away. Fongle is down on his knees in front of you, Perrin. And he is holding his hands up to his ears while blood is running out of him, and he is still just saying, it's not supposed to be like this. He's coming. We were helping him. Well, I want to fly up in the air. You're flying up in the air? And shoot firebolt at their ship. Shooting fire at their ship. And just kind of just... Trying to catch it on fire? Just getting it away from us and getting it down because they're bad people. How far am I from Fongal? 15 feet. I want to walk up to him and stab him. (laughs) And then (laughs) as I pull the blade out, Mm -hmm. I want to open my hand and there's a mushroom. Oh is it a mushroom or a barnacle? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so is it an attack roll? No. no he's, he's incapacitated. I mean, you can roll it if you want to, uh, just to make sure you don't roll in that one. Did but, I hurt the ship? So as you're casting <laughs> flames toward the ship... Um, it's a 20. The, the, oh, it's a natural 20? Nice. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so there really is a mushroom. That's perfect. So it's two mushrooms. It's two mushrooms. It's a double mushroom. <laughs> you bring your blade out, and Fongle just lets out a sigh of breath as he falls down dead. And Meg, you fly up. You're hovering up, and you start blasting fireballs at their ship. 
as you do some of the others. Gorin, because I mean, it feels like it's been a long time, but it's really only been like 15 seconds. Gorin finally makes it up there. Let me out, where are they at? <laughs> and he looks around, he sees the captains passed out, uh, the deckhands come up behind him, they're holding like sticks and staves. Doriana starts telling them what to do. All of the enemies are, are, are lying on the ground, dead or dying. She quickly goes to Phelan and Clover, starts administering some healing to them. And you're able to sort of fly over and just start lighting anything on their ship that looks like it might be flammable. Soon, as you all are doing this, the sun peaks over the edge of the horizon. Our sea lady glides into the docks on the south ports of Venthaven. The ramp raises and lays out onto the pier, and the crew begins to disembark. As they do, Captain Salias and First Mate Doriana stand nearby, speaking with Brackle, Phelan, Perrin, Clover, and Meg. I just want to say one more time, thank you for all that you did. I don't know what would have happened if you all hadn't discovered who was responsible for Brindle's death. Perhaps we would have known. Perhaps we would never have known. But I do know this. If it wasn't for your aid, I'm afraid we would have fallen to these Unchained or the Black Skull or whoever they were. So, thank you. You've more than earned your keep and you'll see that we've given you a bonus. Extra pay. Well, what can I say except you're welcome. (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you're ever in need of transportation and our sea lady is in port, you always have a place with us. Thank you, Captain. It was a it was a pretty good trip. Well, all things considered, it could have been better, but I'm glad that you were all there. It could have been worse too. Very true. It's true. It will be a story to tell. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you all and just being on the ship with you has been a delight, and thank you for everything you've done. I I have to get back now, but maybe we'll meet again sometime. It's unlikely, but it's possible. Venthaven is a big city. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I see you all the time. <laughs> Shut up. I do hope our paths cross again. <laughs> I do as well. Mm-hmm. Take care, and she gets out of there. Walks Meg's off in gone. The Farewell. Take care. The road goes ever on. And with that, I think we're going to end this special edition of Maple Leaf Champions. Well, y'all did it. You survived. Barely. Fongle's dead, and he underestimated the power of love, as bad guys always do. That's true. Somewhere in the near future, Brackle regains his memory. Wow. Uh, Let's (laughs) let me just say thank you to everyone for listening, and thank you so much to Ellie, Emily, and Chris for playing D anD D with us. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. That was that was like literally a dream come true. That was super fun. (laughs) Yeah, that was fantastic. Totally (laughs) amazing. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Hope you had fun. Uh, These characters are great. I look forward. Well, I hope all you out there in listener land enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed playing. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. And uh, we will see more of Brackle very soon. Schmrackle. Schmrackle. Unfortunately, we won't see any more of Kindle. But 
she will be forever remembered by the scar in Perrin's gums. And, I'll never uh, heal it. The still never eaten country crock serving of South Sea Surprise. Wow. Oh yeah, Brackles walking oh. out carrying that under his cloak. <laughs> the country crock. <laughs> we love you guys. Goodbye. Farewell. Goodbye. Goodbye. <sighs>Oh, that is a big one. Wow. That is a big one. I like it. It works as a boxing glove to punch players Ooh. with. Mm. <laughs> or DMs if they get out of line. <laughs> yeah, okay. Paul Bring has it hit on, me Alan. before. What? You've hit me a couple times. He's hit me too. We play. With violence. What are you talking about? What are y'all talking about? You hit me, man. What? This is you slanderous. Hit me one time whenever I had uh, four of a kind, <laughs> two pocket aces. <laughs> And you, you slap. What are you talking about? We were playing <laughs> poker at uh, somebody's house while I was up there, and you were tr- oh. you were trying to slap the cards, and you hit me. It's dead, and I cried, and I've begrudged <laughs> it ever since. Is it, you're talking about that like New Year's game night thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's funny. Uh, we used to do that every year. Got two aces. I should have slapped you in the mouth, Alan. That's what I should have done. Mouth. I wish I'd no, got those kidding. two aces whenever I was at my high stakes Vegas game where I lost it all. On Make Blue Champions. I won't even need to put the music now. Thank you, Felicia. You did it. I'm just realizing now I know someone named Kendall. Me too. But it's not spelled the same way. That's how I spelled it in my notes. And then I like. No, it's spelled like, you know, like you kindle a fire, like K I N D L E. But I just kind of just dawned on me when I said Kendall. I was like, oh no, I know someone. I know somebody named Kendall. It's his last name. Jargensis. <laughs> Last year. I don't know, but I know one thing. I think we could all be thankful for one thing, and that is that Char is not on this ship right now. <laughs> He's a stowaway. You haven't revealed that yet. <laughs> I haven't revealed it. It was me the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you are going to walk downstairs and you're just going to hear a putt, 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 putt. <laughs> and then you'll hear, we found the murderer. We found the poop day. And then it's over. There it was. You know, natural one. Shut up, Alan. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're gonna get swallowed by a whale, and then you're gonna be spit up on the shore here in three days. Um, event Haven, but I want to go preach to Event Haven. Yeah, I me mean, neither. Um, no, I do. All right, Chris. <laughs> oh, you do. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not those, I don't. And you also find a box, and you open it up, and there are little tarts that she was prepping for the next morning. They have not been baked yet, but they were resting. Those would have been good. Shh, don't disturb them. Mm. Let them sleep. They can know in the morning. Alan. Alan. Please. Please. Yeah, I think I'll we'll gently put the tarts back down and uh Yes. And go check out the bedroom. Tuck them in. Yeah, sing them a lullaby. Tuck them in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Where is she? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what the heck, Alan? <laughs> he just went, he went full zombie mode. You didn't happen to see any orange dragons flying away from the sea? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no. That's it. I'm done. Uh, thank you for playing for uh, listening to Make Believe Champions. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I, oh um, no, I, no, no dragons. Brackle yells from across the ship, ask her about Rachel. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
<laughs> what would you find whoever did this? Who told you? The diary. I guess you could say the dead spoke to us. Very very good. Yeah, I like good. that. Yeah, don't say what I said. The diary. <laughs> it was the wimpy kid. <laughs> well, then you know the wimp. <laughs> and when he does, you hear a shrieking, screaming wail ring across. Thank you, Alan. I can use that. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Welcome to our lives. It will be a story to tell. I will forever hold Kimball in my memory. Alan. <laughs> Alan. Yeah. You're oh. the worst. <laughs> I will ever I will forever hold Kimball Kim- in my memory. Kimball. <laughs>